0: Welcome to On the Job with PORAC, your go-to place for public safety and officer rights, giving you the news you need to know and discussing the issues that matter. Hi, and welcome to another episode of On the Job with PORAC. I'm Brian Marvel, president of PORAC. With me is Porak vice president, Damon Kurtz. Today, we're joined virtually by PORAC executive committee member, and Chairman of PORAC's Reconstituted Committee on Peace Officers Relations, COPAR, Marshall McLean, along with Vice Chair and PORAC Inland Chapter President Rich Randolph. They're here today to talk about their newly created coalition called United for Positive Reform, UPR, who makes up the coalition and some of the goals of UPR. Just for some background, COPAR has actually been around the committee, it's a subcommittee of uh, PORAC, our board of directors. It's been around for uh, quite a while. I don't have the specific dates, but my understanding, it was created either in the late 80s or early 90s. Its main and original focus was to try to improve recruitment of minority officers and officers of LGBTQ into the peace officer profession, being law enforcement officers. It sort of died out, I think, in the late 90s as recruitment in those two areas had increased dramatically throughout the state. I think this is another example of PORAC taking the lead and pushing forward an idea, an agenda to diversify our police ranks. Uh, So I was happy to be involved and get the recommendation to uh, reinstate the uh, COPAR committee under these circumstances. So it was really beneficial to have Marshall uh, step up off of the executive committee to want to chair this. And I appreciate uh, Rich Randolph, who uh, really brought a good portion of the idea that we're going to talk about today to the uh, the full board meeting. Uh, Rich is doing a fantastic job down in the inland chapter as the chapter president there. Uh, a lot of ideas. This guy's full of energy. If you ever talk to him, you'll be shocked at how much energy this guy has. I wish I had part of what he had or what he drinks in the morning because it sure ain't coffee. <laughs> but anyways, glad to have Marshall and uh, Rich on here. And that's a little bit of the overview on COPAR. So uh, I'm going to turn it over a little bit to, uh, to Marshall to talk a little bit about how the committee came together and then how you guys implemented the uh, United for Positive Reform.
1: Well, hey, good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I mean, this is, I've, I've been with Pork now on the board for about a little over 10 years, something we've been talking about. And uh, like you said, Rich just gelled it all together when he came in and, and put that PowerPoint together and so where we're at right now is we've got officers throughout the state, PORAC members, some aren't PORAC members, and some will be PORAC members. But as it stands right now, we, uh, we've got officers from pretty much every segment of every community through our state. We, we have Black, Hispanic, we have females, we have openly uh, gay officers as well. We actually have a Native American as well. So it was really to go outside the norm of, of the makeup, and go into some areas to try to get everyone having a seat at the table. And so that was our initial kind of basis of getting this committee together. From there, uh, we're in the process right now of actually establishing subcommittees within the larger committees uh, and tasking them with going out and reaching out to other segments of the community to come alongside us with this because we don't want it to be a police group. It's not about that. It's not another police group. We've got a faith-based coalition that's growing. We've reached out to several different other associations, non-police related, other unions as well. And everybody is looking for. Or to just to be blunt, everybody's looking for an alternative to throwing the baby out with the bathwater and just the funding and tearing everything down. They're looking for solutions. Uh, we think these are viable solutions for us to move together, forward together, better together. And so that's really the basis of this. Eventually, we'd like to get tweaked out to some celebrities as well, along with sports associations, the NFLPA, the NBA, MLB as well. They've been active about change and about reform. And I think what truly gets missed is that law enforcement wants that too. Law enforcement has always been about, I'm in my 24th year of being a cop now. and, And since I've been a police officer, especially since I've been involved in the union, it's always been about, hey, let's do it better than we did it the day before and build upon that. So we've always been, as police unions, been at the forefront, spearheading reform. So this is no different. I'll let Rich tackle on the other ideas.
2: Thanks, Marshall, and thank you to all, all of you for uh, having us today. I'm glad Marshall keyed in on reaching out to different factions, being a part of the coalition. We've noticed that every, as far as celebrities go, there's a lot of celebrities, and a lot of, a lot of my ideas I got, I actually got from actually kids, college kids, And I also got it from younger officers. The majority of my department is 27 down. And talking to younger officers, because this is having an impact on them, just like it's impacting cops throughout the country. You've you've got a lot of younger officers. That combined with the millennials, they have a lot of stuff going on in their head. When they go home, they see what's on TV, and then they go back to work, and they're putting on the badge, uniform, there's a lot of conflict. So I started brainstorming with different kids that want to get their opinion about it as well and also doing my role as a POA leader. And one thing I got was uh, talking to a college kid. He had talked about the caucuses at the state level. He talked about the Black Caucus, the Hispanic Caucus, the Jewish Caucus. And one thing that that student brought up is he goes, you know what? That caucus doesn't represent me. And I'm actually someone who's Jewish. And I don't think the Black Caucus is representative of how we feel. And so as I started to look around, I was shocked to see that there's a caucus representing everyone. But our caucus, I decided to basically create a hybrid caucus and present it to the board of black, white, Jewish, Asian. uh, So we can actually transition and go through the Capitol and navigate through quite a few different audiences and different legislators. It opens the door a lot more. And also on the public perception, people see that and say, look at this caucus. It's actually looking to address different factions on behalf of law enforcement. On the celebrities, another thing. Turn on the TV, everyone's bashing law enforcement. And what we wanted to do is we wanted to, every single uh, league that Marshall talked about, the NBA, MLB, the NFL, even Hollywood, they all have those people that are standing up for law enforcement. Maybe they're not speaking up now, but they are. Some of them are still standing for the national anthem. Some of them are coming out and speaking for us if you look on Twitter. So the purpose of this coalition, once everything is moving, is to reach out to them. We've identified, pretty impressed, we've identified roughly 47 of them throughout the country, and talks, work through the angles to see if they'd be interested in being a part of us. So we wanted to do that because celebrities, what they do speak of and things of that nature, um, if our officers see people are speaking for us, they're actually gonna feel a little bit better about putting on the badge and empowering them. We wanna basically rebuild and rebrand not only what we've done here in California, but also starting over law enforcement as a whole we've been broken down from the incident that happened in Minneapolis. It's a tragedy. But we in California, because of PORAC and some of our relations with some of our big associations throughout the state, we've actually moved forward and we've done some trend setting with our legislation. And people don't know about that. Everyone's just forgotten about it.
0: Thanks, Rich. Yeah, I think you touch on a lot of issues. I think the Work that you and Marshall, along with the rest of the committee members, were really starting to tap into some caucuses or groups of people that, you know, individually, we may have had associations and friends in all of these groups. But to engage with them and have start having some difficult conversations uh, with these individuals, I think is a huge plus for us as an organization, for us in the uh, profession of law enforcement. And when I also say us, the, the state of California is in the communities we serve. So, you know, fantastic work in uh, trying to bridge a lot of those divides. And it's good to know that the, the folks that you are reaching out to are the ones who really want to have constructive, Conversations on how our communities can best be policed instead of what you're seeing now, where uh, the defund or the abolish folks, you know, unfortunately, uh, they get infiltrated with anarchists, people that want to destroy and not build up. And it sort of takes away from their message. And that's why I think this committee and what you guys are doing is vitally important to all of us in the state of California, not just the law enforcement profession, but all our communities. So you talked a little bit about, you know, reaching out to the younger groups and the younger members. What are you getting back? Are you getting any feedback from those folks? What are their thoughts uh, and opinions on what they're seeing uh, in the larger scale of the national dialogue on law enforcement? I would say
1: that what I'm getting back is a lot of the younger officers, I would say they're, they're kind of torn because they know why they signed up to be police officers, what they got into the profession for. And, and, and obviously, you know, when we got into the job, not that the job was different, it was in terms it was categorized. Difference, I'll put it that way. We we didn't have social media the way we do today, so everything that occurs, sadly, oftentimes more more the bad of policing is highlighted more so than the good. And so, if you're a let's say a younger millennial officer in the, in your twenties and mid twenties, and maybe even early thirties, and you you're dialed into social media more so than some of the older generation of cops. You may wake up in the morning and go to sleep at night and having that bombardment of what your profession is. and Then you you may be kind of in, in a space where not just your friends, but even your family is kind of questioning the the job that you do and why you did it. And what I'm hoping is that what we can accomplish with this coalition is, to, again, not just about having police speak for us, but have others speak for us. Because I do think that a lot that's being displayed on both sides of the, these issues are, are the outliers. As far as reform, I I don't know. I don't know of a profession, a professional profession that doesn't want to do their job better. I think that what happens oftentimes is when we talk about police unions, if we just remove the word police and understand that we're a union and we're here for the betterment of our membership, people would look at us the same way. But sometimes they kind of cast us with this overall blanket thing that we're just here to take away people's freedoms and murder people and all of that. Not that we got into this profession to help people. We got in this profession to make it better. And then on the union side, they, they don't see all the good that unions do. It's not about protecting bad officers. No, no profession wants to work with bad employees. As far as the union side of things, all of the good we do in terms of the donations, in terms of the charity work, Rich is a is an SRO, so he works in schools on a daily basis. So dealing with, with kids and helping them feel safe in their space at school. And then just all of the charitable work we do in the community, like giving out backpacks to kids coming back to school, fundraisers throughout the community as well. So that's what, what I'm hoping we accomplish here is not just reach out to communities outside of law enforcement to t- kind of you know demystify our job and what it is that we do but also reaffirm that, that our younger generation of officers realize that it is still an honorable profession. And the job of policing, it may have gotten a little more complicated because you're always spotlighted. But the core values of law enforcement, what we're doing here to keep people safe and protect you know, the innocent from wicked people that are out there has not changed.
3: Yeah, I think what you guys are accomplishing and, and hopefully will accomplish is going to pay dividends for law enforcement and for law enforcement unions as a whole. I think a lot of these conversations have been had over the years quite often, believe it or not, but I don't think we've ever done it in a way where we all came together to have these conversations and what's going on in the mainstream media and you know, on a national basis on this cancel culture that we have going on. It's a little concerning, but I think the idea that we need to start over or to cancel, I mean, if you will. The mm-hmm you know, law enforcement as a whole. I think it's about personal growth, not only as uh, individuals, but also as, as an organization, as a profession. And and you said it, Marshall, we were are always trying to be better. I think that's you know something that gets missed and I've mentioned it many times is that law enforcement's always been in a constant state of reform. Reform's not necessarily a bad word. It's just it's change. And we change on a yearly basis, sometimes quicker than that, based on what's going on, not only culturally, but also, you know, in society with the, the laws and what the, the way they want our community Police And each community is different. But I, I look at just personal growth is what I think needs to be focused on and quit the cancel culture. I mean, if you think about what we were like in our youth and the things that we may have said or done out of ignorance, immaturity, or insecurities, do you cancel the accomplishments of law enforcement or individuals in law enforcement because they may have done or said something in their youth that now they realize was ignorant or stupid or, and they've learned from that. I think that's what's important for us as a society, and also as law enforcement profession, is that we we grow, and I think United for Positive Reform brings a component for us to grow and grow with the community, hopefully together.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think Damon brought some uh, really good points. You know, one of the items that your group is really trying to address is the misinterpretations of law enforcement and a lot of the false ideologies that float around. Obviously, last year, there was a lot of hard work done on uh, several pieces of legislation, especially in regards to uh, Assembly Bill 392 and SB 230. You know, that really put California on the forefront by creating national standards in the policing industry. You know, unfortunately, this year, a lot of legislatures are taking advantage of the moment. And you know, they're taking everything that we had bargained for that didn't quite make it into those bills. And now they're reintroducing new legislation, hoping that the folks that are out there, especially the folks in the mob who are really, you know, it's sad to see these individuals are going to elected officials' homes. They're targeting their family members. They're vandalizing their property. And now even in Wisconsin, we're seeing police officers are being targeted more openly. Matter of fact, there's two websites. I'm not going to mention them here, which pretty much openly target peace officers for doing their job or because they're involved in a use of force incident. There's zero context placed around what that incident entailed. They just arbitrarily label that officer as either a killer or a murderer. And it's scary to see that stuff. The fact that that can be out there and how they're doxing these individuals, I think is just a sad state of affairs in regards to what our society looks like. So what are some of the ideas that you anticipate bringing forward with UPR to address some of these issues? What are your thoughts on that, Rich?
2: What we'd like to do is we want to educate. We want to start opening dialogue. We, first thing we're going to do right now is we're going to, we have a lot of, we've been reaching out to a lot of legislators and uh, Marshall came up with a phenomenal idea of basically having open forum, like open house, uh, sit down and talk, a zoom meeting, of course. And a lot of the assembly that we've spoken to were shocked about this idea. They love the concept and they want to be a part of it. They want to be a part of the change. And I think that's awesome that we as law enforcement said, hey, we want change. And I can't speak for all 700,000 cops throughout the United States, but I can speak for the majority that the good cops out there, yeah, we want change. We want to work together. But We have to do it together. It's not hitting a gavel and making a a last-minute decision based on impulse at a city council meeting on defunding. And it's also not sitting at the state assembly and just making your own agendas. I'm lucky enough I work in a city where my council supports law enforcement. And the majority of elected officials do. But you are right, Mr. President. They are surrounded by the mob and they're feeling pressured right now. Other ideas that we'd like to do is we wanna start kicking out a lot of infomercials, animated infomercials. Young people, students, people see that. Putting out the correct stats. Not stats by numbers, but just, you know, what is a typical day of a police officer? I didn't get dressed this morning and got to work and said, hey, I'm gonna get into a use of force today. That's something I look forward to doing. Absolutely not. Okay, I wanna go out, I, I get dressed every day saying, I'm gonna impact people's lives. I'm gonna impact my neighbor's lives. I'm gonna impact the lives of my coworkers. Especially uh, my members. And I'm actually going to represent the entity that, that I work for. And most importantly, the peace officer profession. So by doing that and actually highlighting, I think we're actually doing a pretty good job. But we need to expand on a lot more and we have to do it together.
0: Hey, I really want to thank you for uh, taking the time out of your morning to meet with us and talk about this. Obviously, I think this will be one of many podcasts involving your committee, the Cultural Caucus. Maybe next time we can actually bring on all of the committee members or we can maybe talk about bringing on individuals. I I think maybe having Wade Stern, who's a board member, that'd be a good person to bring on maybe next for a conversation. So. I really do want to thank you for taking the time to do this, but I also want to thank you for stepping up. This is not an easy job, especially just doing what you guys already do, being peace officers, but taking on the additional duties on top of all the other responsibilities you have for your respective membership in regards to uh, to bridging the gap between the communities and the law enforcement profession. So if you were somebody listening to this that's not involved with being a peace officer or with PORAC, how would they get involved?
2: Uh, well, they can check out our website. It's going to be unitedforpositivereform.org. We're also on Instagram at United for Positive Reform and Twitter at United for Reform. Check out our website and uh, join our uh, um, newsletter notifications.
0: And we will have all of those links up. You'll be able to access those through the uh, PORAC website. Also, uh, we will be uh, continually posting it via PORAC's social media sites. But for the Facebook, it's uh, United for Positive Reform. For Twitter, it's United for Reform. Instagram is United underscore for underscore positive underscore reform. The website, uh, again, is unitedforpositivereform.org. And then we're also, they'll be on YouTube and LinkedIn. So um, we're really trying to hit all of the social media channels with this committee. Um, I think it's a a fantastic uh, idea. The good thing is with the Cultural Caucus and the committee, You'll get recommendations and then you'll be able to bring those to the full board of members at PORAC. And then we can work on those either via legislatively or on a statewide level in passing uh, that message and those ideas on to other locations throughout the state. So I'll turn it over to Damon real quick for any uh, closing words he may have. No, I just uh, you know, encouraged by the work you guys are doing. I think it's
3: something that, that's needed hopefully there is an audience out there that really listens to what is being said and where we're going because I think that's, that's important.
0: Thanks, Damon. I want to thank everybody for joining us on this latest episode of On the Job with Porak. We hope you enjoyed it. We would love to hear your ideas for upcoming episodes. Join us on all our social media platforms and be sure to tag us with your suggestions. Go to porak.org. PORAC.org to learn more about California's largest law enforcement organization representing over 77,000 public safety members. Make sure to check out and share our monthly podcasts and past episodes on PORAC.org, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, or wherever available. Lastly, we'd like to say thank you to all our PORAC members and our nation's law enforcement. Be safe and have a great day. That's it for this episode. Make sure you tune in next time as we discuss the issues that matter.